Or I'll mimic you or something. Yeah, yeah. easy. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, yeah. I'll uh. <laughs> And welcome to the Empire Dynasty League podcast. I'm your host, Ben Parker, here again today. Joined, as always, by Chris Keane. How are you? Good, thank you, Benjamin. How are you? Oh, I'm good. How are you, Brody? Going well, fellas. Going well. Business end of the year. Good times. A lot of blood, sweat and tears have gone into this. Absolutely. Tell you what, isn't it working out really nicely for the year one of the EDL with all these different combinations we'll get to in a second of who's going to make the playoffs my goodness it is tight it is tight indeed we are going to get into all the implications of what is currently going on in the league it's been two weeks since we have uh hit the ears of the listeners all 12 listeners out there uh so let's not hesitate any longer and get into some news every newsman in this city is laughing at us and i don't like it all right, now we've got some interesting news at the moment. It's mainly uh, COVID-related going on in the NFL at the moment. Some very interesting uh, choices that the NFL is making. We've had an example just in last week alone of how the NFL is handling some COVID situations. Um, very different. So we've got Denver, who basically had their entire QB room wiped out and were told, play on, bad luck. And we had... Uh, Baltimore, who had their running backs and quarterback wiped out, but managed to have their game rescheduled three different times, almost by about six days. What are your thoughts on that, boys? Yeah, I I don't like it at all. It, it's alarming, a bit of favoritism, it seems, in the league. But it, it, Baltimore didn't just have those. They had 18 players um, unavailable for that game that, as you said, got postponed three times, whereas Denver just got told, no, nah, bad luck. Um, you're going to go without quarterbacks and good luck against one of the best teams in the league. So how did you see it, Keeney? Yeah, I kind of agree. It was almost like Denver was made an example of um, because they were seen to have done the wrong thing, um, which is, I suppose, fair enough. But, I mean, it's just it just feels a bit ridiculous that in 2020 that a team couldn't actually trot out there with zero QBs and have to elevate a college QB off their wide receiver practice squad to play the position. It was just a ridiculous game if you actually watched it. It just didn't make any sense that that was a real NFL game. Yeah, exactly. And a college QB, you say, but he completed more passes to the opposition than he did his own players. So it was pretty stiff. But you said before Denver were made an example of, um, which to me sounds like an admission of guilt, that something fell down with their protocols. But... That can be said for Baltimore as well because they disciplined one of their own staff members, which to me is an admission of guilt. So it's it's a bizarre situation. Sure is. And I just think if if Denver were a playoff team, I just wonder whether the same kind of punishment would have been handed down. I think the league wants Baltimore to be in the playoffs and to, to go well. Um, I think Denver's obviously done. So I just, yeah, that the playing favourites thing doesn't really sit well with me um, as yeah. a whole. I uh, totally agree. And I think I think a lot more people would have been able to cop it if it was the same treatment for all teams. But we were even saying earlier off air that, um, you know, these punishments that they're handing out for teams that are breaching these protocols, it seems like if you breached it earlier in the year when you had bye weeks up your sleeve, 
um, you were almost just given a slap on the wrist as opposed to later in the year, now you're missing out on draft picks. So a little bit all over the shop, but I suppose we can't complain too much because we went into this season not even knowing if we would have a full season ahead of us. So I'm just pretty happy that we've even, we're, we're on the cusp, the precipice of some fantasy playoffs here, which is nice, uh, a nice way to uh, round out 2020, which has been a shocker for everyone. But we'll continue on with our resident doctor here, Dr. Hoddick, um, to run us through the uh, the abundance of injuries that we've got up our sleeve. It's, it's gaining steam, this residency. I might have to jump back into the no books. No one can see this, but he's actually wearing a lab coat um, um, right now was, as we speak. He's re- it's was, gone to his head and it's a big head already. Um, I was, so- <laughs> was going to say, it just sits really nicely with him, doesn't it? Like he's got the stethoscope on and he's he's ready to go. He's so excited. I wouldn't be the first role play in this oh. household, let me tell you. But... Uh, We'll get on to the injury news. Um, Joe Burrow is the massive one here. Um, that was a, a shocking injury to mm. what looks to be one of the stars of the league for many years. Um, it's not what you want in your early development. Um, and yeah, he's done the ACL. And they mentioned at the time this looked worse than just an ACL. And then it was confirmed an MCL as well. So that'll be a fairly good 12-month period um, coming back from that one. Teddy Bridgewater had a similar... I was yep. just going to ask, Claude, just on that with... Obviously, he's on Steve's team. How, when, when do you expect him to return to the Bengals next year? Do you think it's a full 12 months? Maybe he misses next year? Or do you think he'll actually get back out there? there I think this will be a case of the Bengals, if they're struggling again... Um, what's the point in bringing him back for next season? Because it's going to be more of that 12-month timeline. Teddy Bridgewater had the same injury. He missed 18 months. So that puts it into perspective Mm. there. Um, uh, But not such a bad injury is Josh Jacobs. He tweaked an ankle last week. um, And the prognosis was pretty positive from the MRI. He avoided um, some heavy structural damage. But he did get ruled out yesterday which um you know the the earlier they get ruled out in the week usually means the worse the injury so it'll be interesting to see if he gets up for next week and obviously a key pillar of um the stallion squad there alan robinson um we're probably focusing on more of the notable names here with implications of this week's games um alan robinson is questionable um for this week Golladay remains out um which is very costly, and, and we've alluded to it a couple of times. I think there's a bit more going on there than just an injury. Um, Breeze remains the, um, Sorry, I'll jump in. I thought with the news of Patricia being fired that maybe we might have seen Gulladay this week, but, yeah, still remains out there. And I think you're right in that contract dispute. Um, hip flexes suck, but this is an awful long time he's been out for. Well, yeah, he was given two to four weeks um, initially, and it's been a lot like i think it was week eight so it's been nearing six yeah um i don't know if it's a patricia thing i I think it's more the money side so um we'll push on to breeze remains out um there's there's talk he might not play again this year um i think he'll push to play obviously with a lot at stake for him and where he's at but um pretty severe injury that he's going through there james connor still on the covid list he tested positive he wasn't just a close contact or anything so that was a week ago so um he'll see i think it's 10 days minimum for anyone who tests positive um better news lamar your boy benny returns from covid 
um, for this week. And also returning is another one of your players, Miles Gaskin, uh, coming back off the knee and draws a nice little matchup against the Bengals. So we'll be interesting to see if he comes back into that workhorse now that there's been a couple of other players floating around with the duties in the last couple of weeks and a couple of minor ones. Zach Ertz returns from IR. I'm not sure why he'd want to return with Carson Wentz throwing the ball the way Mm. he is. um, And then uh, uh, the last one, Daniel Jones is off with a hammy. So Pap has lucked out there with Colt McCoy. Yeah, interesting one. I was saying before that I was was annoyed at myself for not even just putting a bid in for Colt McCoy because without that, we'll get into Pap's team. But he's been thrown a little bit of a lifeline there by getting Colt McCoy. If he didn't get him, he would have been in absolute struggle town in a week where he needs points. Um, a few interesting ones there. The um, the Miles Gaskin one returning. I think I saw that the um, his backups are questionable now as well. So he actually could just walk straight back in and get the full bulk of the workload there. And then I, I know what you mean with Zach Ertz. It's um, I don't know why you'd want to come back. Maybe he was absolutely begged to come back by his coach there because Carson Wentz is absolutely stinking at the moment. Kenny. Yeah, just and just touching on the Drew Brees one as well, I think it's um, an interesting situation where my gut feel would be if he's out for the year, I think that increases the likelihood that he plays next year. I was going to ask I you think, this. Yeah. I think, yeah, if, if that's it for him this year, I, I'm not sure that's the way he wants to go out. Um, but if he does return this year, I'm almost convinced that this will be it. Um, so interesting one to keep an eye on for sure. I reckon I'm with you, Hot. I reckon he'll be pushing to to get back into the playoffs, no doubt. Because I don't think personally watching him, I don't think the Saints can win it with Taysom Hill um, at QB, even though it's uh, he's been an okay stopgap. But um, mm. I don't think they're going to get it done with him. Do you think as well, like the the thought of and anyone who's sort of had to play through injuries at the back end of a career that. Um, yeah, the thought of going around again for Brew, for Brew, for Brew, Drew Brees there. I, I wonder whether he wants to go another year or whether he wants to go out, as you said, on a high and not go out just limping from the field with broken ribs there. So it'll be interesting to watch. Pod? I was just going to say, I'm interested on your take on the Saints there, Kenny, going off the injury here, but it... It seems that the Saints D has definitely taken it up a level since Breeze has been out. So I don't know. It might be that um, run game and including with Hill and Kamara um, and playing stout defense. You only need to get that. Taysom Hill only needs to get 21 to 24 points there and you might be in a chance every game. Mm. And, and just thinking this through, isn't this remarkably similar to Peyton Manning's final year in Denver where Brock Osweiler came in while Peyton, uh, sorry, yeah, well, Peyton was was out for a while and old Noodle Arm just kind of did little little eight, ten-yard passes, which is what we've seen from Breeze, and they just relied on their defense. And um, he kind of came back towards the end of the season and in, in that playoff run and kind of got him over the line. But it was the defense that won it for him. So maybe some similarities there going forward for, for the Saints. Yeah, very good point there. And I know how much you're uh, big on the D as well, Keeney. So um, I'm sure... (laughs) Boom! You're nice and pleased. But moving on to to league news here, there's some big news we've got to talk about. We didn't get a chance to do it last week, but um, this song can only mean one thing, can't it? 
Now, the last time we heard this from the old Cool and the Gang was when all three of us got a W, oh, but this, is, this goes hey, beyond mean. us. What's this about? This isn't about us three. This is the DFF celebrating their first win and potentially only win of the season against uh, the San Diego Demons, who rightly predicted that it was going to go down, didn't they? He was uh, he was a bit paranoid about his own charges against the Jets, and he was ultra paranoid about his Demons against the DFFs and... Yes, he just got over the line there by the narrowest of margins. We thought uh, we thought that Camo knocked me off by a small margin earlier in the year. This was even tighter between the DFF and him, Pod. Well, I don't know what you guys imagine when you listen to that song and think of the DFF celebrating, but what comes to mind is imagine Adam Gase in a room with nobody, just chilling out to those tunes, celebrating how good am I with no one around. That's what I'm picturing the DFF two weeks ago. But it was a great, it was actually a great win. What did he win by? It was point point zero two. Which, wow. which for the players to? at home, that is half a yard thrown by a quarterback. <laughs> I don't even know how that's possible. Yeah. I didn't even think that that was a possible margin to win by. But if there's ever a person who defies uh, the odds, it's the DFF. He wins by a margin that we didn't even think was mathematically possible, but that's just how the DFF rolls. So he got that monkey off his back. He's back to um, back to tanking for Trevor. Um, so I think he's he's pretty happy with himself. He did just before that week reveal. We were sort of um, getting into his ear saying, surely you want to win at least one game for the year. And he said, no, nah, I would like to. I would like to. And he got his win, so he's pretty happy with himself. But let's move on to our reviews. What was that? I heard something, then I saw something. You didn't hear anything, man. And we are moving into uh, reviewing our Week 12 results. And I know it's been a couple of weeks since we've reviewed, but uh, yeah, we'll kick off with the results and what this sort of means. A lot of this pod will be about what the playoff implications are, but... uh, Hod, do you want to kick off your game against the aforementioned DFF? Yes, I can. And I was a little nervous, I must admit. He was coming off a win and things were up and about. He was getting his man back, Sam Darnold, against me. And I'm like, Jesus. But I was actually, I was very happy when he got the win over Camo because I reckon he would have got his players up for a win against me if he hadn't. But um, I did prevail in a a low-scoring affair, 112 versus 74 so uh yeah tough sledding again for the dff there but um i did manage to clinch the division luckily because we'll get to jim's game in a little bit um kenny do you want to go through yours yeah no i will and you clinch the division clinch the three seed so that's locked away my game was against prestige worldwide 101 to 132.9 so pretty reasonably comfortable in the end Bit of a bit of a dead rubber in the end because of uh, Timos winning, so he clinched that division. So Matty Mack playing for the four seed, and he looks pretty certain to have that sewn up. And for me, I was never really a chance to get in the playoffs. So a bit of a dead rubber, but uh, well done to the Prestige Worldwide as he moves on. Very good. Um, and then the next game here was Papa's Punishers Ooh. with a sub hundred ninety nine. Against the juggernaut in the straight cash homies, another 
weekly top score. Keeney, did you pay him this week? He was filthy the other week. You didn't send him his cash? No, he, he received his 40 smackers yesterday. as oh, a double as the double round. Yeah. So he's... I'll tell you what, boys. I'm just going looking through it now. Timos, if you don't mind, has absolutely cleaned up. He is... This is live. He is up to 80 bucks in prize money. Considering he paid 50 to get in, he's, um, he's doing beautifully. So um, well done again to the straight cash homies. But the story here is Papa needing a big score to mm. hold that position to get the five and six seed um, in his grasp. He's put up at 99, which the challenges are coming thick and fast off the back of that, which we'll get to um, in the next couple of games, Ben. Yeah, just like his Cowboys where they're, uh, the fate of their team was in their hands and just couldn't get it done. Just 99, the sub-100. Timos's scoring is like, otherworldly. If he, he hasn't slowed down. What's his lowest score been on the whole year? I know I'm probably putting you on the spot here, but he's probably uh, one of the few teams again. that's gone that hasn't had a score under 100. I've, got, I've actually got that on. Oh, actually, no, I don't. Sorry. Uh, yeah, it was 102 against me. Yeah. Okay. I Brilliant. scored 100 and we both had a stinker. So even when he has a stinker, he scores better than Papa. That's uh, amazing. And, and just on, just I'll go back to Papa just really, really quickly. Papa has been in the top six or in the playoff race for every week this year, except for this week now. He falls to the eight seed currently. So that 99 has cost him something chronic. It's a bad week to be going backwards, isn't it? That's uh, all right. We'll, <clears throat> we'll get more into the previews and, and where he sort of stands this week, but we'll move to the Johnny Unitas haircuts, 147.12 versus the OJ's legal oh. team. Oh my goodness. 61.84. We talk about a fall from grace with Papa's punishers. Talk about a fall from grace here. He's gone from week two, I believe it was, where he put up 176, one of the biggest scores in the league, to in week 12, putting up the second lowest score in the league. We've got to start uh, taking the title off the Gym City variances and start putting it on the OJ legal team right now because that is some insane variance there, Keeney. And the OJ's legal team, the consensus number one seed, what feels like just you know three or four weeks ago, with this 61, he is a legitimate chance to miss the playoffs. Um, it is staggering where he's been and where he is right now. So if, if he does miss the playoffs, he'll look back at this week 12 result and, and that'll basically be the, the thing that's killed him. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, he, he's been putting a moz on his own team, hasn't he, Hod, for probably the last month now. He's trying to reverse yeah. moz everything it's that he's working. doing, but it's, it's coming to fruition right now. He is trying to share the blame with everyone else, including the halo heads. And he's just got to take it on himself, I think. Just take yep. a good, hard look within and he'll, he, he'll find something. He'll muster something. I, I can see it. Well, going through his team, there's, there's no surprise he's rolling out a 61 when the likes of Zeke Elliott, his number one pick, put out a 2.4, which I never thought would have been possible without an injury from a player like him. But just sort of sums up how the Cowboys are going at the moment without um, Dak there, Lockett, only a 3.8. Uh, and this is on the back of Manny 
rolling out Hinton as a bit of a, a fun QB at wide receiver in his flex score and a negative 2.7. I guess he just felt sorry for for the OJ's legal team and thought, I better, I better keep it under 150 here and put a negative on the field, Keeney. But also, talking about Steve, he was one of the biggest winners of, of Week 12 for mine, putting up 147 and closing the gap on everyone he needed to with Papa scoring 99 and Jake scoring 61. So it absolutely puts him in a really nice position to, to pinch a playoff spot where we probably didn't think that was the case a couple of weeks ago. No, well, absolutely. You, you, you say he was the big winner, but he's probably cost himself the 40 large um, by playing Hinton over... Did he... Could he have no. played Rivers instead? Or was that not an option? No, he played him as a wide receiver. Played him in the flex. So the best score he could have got was a 9.8 oh, yeah. from carry on. carry on. So he would have yeah, done 11, 11 points. Swing. 11 point swing. He would have got it. Would have got it. There you, yeah, go. there you go. Cost yourself 40 bucks there, Manny, just by... But I'm with him. Um, how often do you ever get to play a wide receiver? A QB, sorry, in your, in your flex spot at wide receiver. It's well, a, it was you're a with him you're with him because you did it in the other league, mate. I may so have done I, I it in the other story. league. Yep, that's right. And I reckon he scored even less because we had harsher <laughs> points for interceptions and he threw plenty of those. Uh, we'll move on to the Park City Lions, 125.56, losing to the Bayside Executioners, 143.08. And while it doesn't look close, there was um, there was an element of nerves from, from Scoot here uh, as we went in because... I had the two Philadelphia wide receivers and Benny Snell still to go. And unfortunately, those Philadelphia wide receivers playing against the worst pass defense in the league put up a combined five points. So I think that was sort of the nail in the coffin for that game there, which kind of does also suck because I'm trying to chase those points more than anything else rather than a win. Um, And then on the top of that as well, I held on to the hope that Jerry Judy could do something in that Denver game with Hinton. I, I couldn't even, you can't even say throwing in the ball because he wasn't doing that. Um, putting up a zero when I had someone like an Ebron on the bench there. So these are all points that, that will, uh, could make or break certain seedings as we come down. So we'll, we'll get into it a bit later of the, the actual potential. Keeney's gone and, and done some very statistic-like uh, features from our stats man. So we'll get into what that all means for playoffs a bit later. But we'll move to the Jim City game. Who's got that? Oh, well, I will get it. But before we move on, it's, we've got to mention, we have to mention Scoot here. Tied, sewn up the, uh, the number two seed. That's true. Outside chance for the number one seed, very unlikely. But um, he, gets a, he gets a buy in week one of the playoffs as well. So Scoot will be in the top four teams this year. So congrats to Scoot. And let's move on to uh, a very interesting game here. The Jim City Stallions going down 136 to the San Diego Demons, 139. So it was very, very close in the end. But again, um, with Jim just needing points, a, a good week for him. We're putting up 136 and closing the gap on his rivals like Ben, Papa and Jake. So currently Jim's the seven seed um, and right in the mix. I think he's level with, with Steve currently on points four. So that one will go down to the wire. Well, we, we mentioned the medical stuff. Geez, did I nearly have a heart attack in this one. Jim, I needed Camo to win this uh, for me to sew up this division. And Jim was, I think, 14 or 15 behind. Um, very late in that Philly game. And they throw up this bloody lob Hail Mary. 
and gets battered into Richard Rogers' hands. And I had an absolute heart attack thinking, this has actually cost me here. Um, and then, sure enough, he's fallen to two and a bit points behind. Because then they went for the two-point conversion, and I thought, oh, no, could, could this possibly get him over? But it was a very exciting finish and one that I wish I never went through. <laughs> All right, with that being said, we are going to move into our Week 13 previews. Oh, I said it with all due respect. That, no, look, that doesn't mean you get to say whatever you want to say to me. Sure, sure as heck does. No, no, it doesn't it's mean that. It's in the Geneva Convention. Does, look it up. Not... And we'll start with the uh, the heart attack man himself against the person who almost gave him the heart attack. Hod, kick it off. Well, yeah, I, I would have been in all sorts of trouble if, if that didn't happen because this would have been the game for the division. And uh, as I've mentioned in previous pods, it's the bipocalypse for me, which turns out to maybe be a positive with some players resting before the playoffs. But um, it turns out to be a dead rubber between Jim and I. Um, but Jim is well and truly in the points chase, which Keeney will get to for the sixth seed. So um, looking through the matchups, he actually has a pretty nice week. Um, Rogers is on fire. He, he could definitely um, kill the Philly Eagles. Um, and then Derek Henry's on a tear. doesn't matter who he versus. And then the rest, they're not big names, but they draw very nice matchups. You've got Kyle Rudolph, who had a nice week, um, but Adam Thielen returns. Um, Jamison Crowder against the Raiders. Um, Slayton against the Seahawks. Cousins against Jacksonville. So it, it could be another strong week for Jimmy. obviously has... Jacobs, who's been ruled out, which hurts um, as being one of his top liners. But I definitely think um, he could be well and truly in the mix. Keeney, what do you think? What is your algorithms? Well, boys, I've been busy. I've been very busy. I got my abacus out this week. It was a big week for me. But um, I've run a few simulations here, boys, just to get a few playoff odds in the mix here. And we've got... Jim are currently sitting by my numbers at 37.9% chance to make the playoffs. So a decent chance, a little under 50%, obviously. Now, his scenarios are the following. He needs to make sure three of these four scenarios happen. So I don't want to overcomplicate it. But for Jim, if you're listening, this is what you need, mate. You need to beat Steve by anything. Just beat Steve this week in terms of his score. Um, beat or get within three points of Papa's score. Beat or get within 23 points of Ben's score. Or beat Jake by 27. So you need three of those four combinations to get up and you, sir, will be in the playoffs. It's as simple as that. <laughs> Clear as, as mud. As simple <laughs> as it could be. Wow. Well... Uh, it's going to, yeah, I'm sure I have no doubt that if anyone couldn't keep up with what Keeney was saying there, that he will give us constant updates on the chat as this round is playing out here, because he, he's, he's a man who froths over this sort of stuff. Oh, it's a numbers, does he ever? it's a he numbers is. man dream right now. Who's that? Who's that bloody nutty professor on the Simpsons that they professor Frink. Yes, that's Keeney. <laughs> he's just a numbers genius and he, geez, he's up and about. You should see him. We'll get the live pod stream up one day, maybe next year, but it would provide a lot of 
a lot of uh, good content, including his new yes, sir. Impressive too. But uh, we'll move on to the next game, the Prestige Worldwide. A very healthy eight and four on the year versus Papa's Punishers. Um, and the biggest watch with Papa is the quarterback position. Um, as we mentioned earlier, he's he's got Colt McCoy off of the waiver wire, which there's not much on there. Um, and he could be the saviour. He's, he's going through some issues with his quarterback position with Breeze and Foles uh, injured and Brady on bye. So Colt McCoy needs to put up a great game here for the Giants. And Papa's projected for only 119. Now we can take these projections for a grain of salt, but... Um, yeah, he'd probably want to put up a bit more than that if he's going to have a chance at this. And Matt is pretty much a lock for the fourth seed. He, he needs to be outscored by Manny by 94. So I think he'll be sitting pretty comfortably, although I'm not sure Thais ever sits comfortably in any circumstance or scenario. So imagine Keeney, the, what is your imagine algorithm? Imagine the multis that Matt's going to put on to try and lock up that fourth seed. <laughs> It's wow. cost him a fortune this year. In He's going to be spending more money than Tim Oss has earned in this league. That's for sure. So, yes, I've got you a 100% chance to make the playoffs. So just relax, mate. You'll be okay. You'll get in. He's still uh, nervous by those odds, though. He's a dollar <laughs> one to put a multi on still. <laughs> I've got Papa sitting at 32% to make the playoffs here. Um, he's going to need a few things to go his way. Uh, once again... Because um, all these players are fighting for two player spots, the, the fifth and sixth seed, um, they're going to need a, a combination of three of these four events to occur. So Papa needs to beat Jake by 30, beat Steve by three, beat Jim by three, um, and stay within 20 of Ben. So he needs three of those things to, to happen for him to get through um, into the playoffs, which he'll be uh, very hopeful of. Very achievable, but... Um, Still a bit of an underdog to get in. An underdog to get in, but uh, if there's ever a man who who can throw a bit of a mix-up in, it's this guy. Uh, the one that goes the other way, Murali, Murali Duran. Um, that's going to be on the pod next week now, isn't it? Um, <laughs> that's right. Oh, yes. and, he and he's going to have to start Colt McCoy, which is a real Murali Duran move. Well, I was going to ask you 13. in your... Um, in your numbers there, in your probability of making it, was this factoring in his necessity to play someone like Colt McCoy? Probably not. No, look, it wasn't. It, it's based off um, kind of their season averages and variance within their, within their scores this year. So, um, yeah, it's a bit of a crude analysis, but I think it show, paints a bit of a picture. So, yeah, maybe bump him down a few percentage points, Ben. Is that what you're saying? Well, I'm saying that... Um, I think that we've seen that teams who have gone with a one or zero QB strategy have struggled mightily this year. Um, mm. The DFF, the only team to successfully pull off a zero QB win, uh, Denver tried to, it's a copycat league. Denver tried yeah. to copy him, just couldn't get it done. So uh, they, I think they reached out to the DFF and just said, mate, we're struggling here this week. We've got no QBs. What, what's, your, what's your secret? And he just said, big Jonathan. All the, day, uh, every day. They said, we don't have him on our team, mate. So the, it was the, a weird conversation. I'll give him that. Yeah, the footprint <laughs> of champions. Uh, we'll move on, though. We'll move on to your boys, mate. The, the Grouse yeah. at three and nine. Three and nine. Taking on There's, the top team, straight cash homies at ten and two. 
Well, there's not a whole lot to talk about here, to be honest, so we'll fly through this a little bit. The grouse have no chance to get in the playoffs and the straight cash homies are basically locked in the number one seed. Um, at worst, they're going to be the number two seed. So um, really, he's, Timos has got a couple of weeks off here before he actually plays another a game that means anything to him. So what do you reckon, Ben? Is there... I know in, in the in the real NFL, we sometimes see teams come out of this situation with a little bit of rust after not playing for a few weeks. Could we see the same here with the uh, straight cash homies? We might see the same out of, uh, I mean, yeah, he, he hasn't really been set with a challenge for a number of weeks now. So he could just get a bit arrogant, a bit cocky. He's banked his money. He's, he's, uh, he's come out ahead in this league, which not many people can say that they will each year. He already has. Mm. So... I wonder if a bit of uh, bit of complacency might creep into the straight cash homies. I'm really just trying to build a narrative for a bloke that struggles to score under 150 every week because uh, that's the reality of what Tim Ross's team is. So, no, I think that he's got a pretty decent lineup uh, that just scores each week. Probably the, the yeah. biggest thing for him, he'd be interested in that Drew Brees um, injury status because I know that that, is probably to Kamara's benefit that Drew Brees is playing in that Saints team and he'd really want uh, him firing come the playoffs. Ironically, he's got Taysom Hill as well. Um, oh, actually, that's so, true. I forgot about that. But he'd, he'd probably prefer to play Tannehill and have Kamara with Brees. So, yeah, yeah I think you're right. And we and with the Will Fuller news um, this week as well, that's a bit of a dent into Timos's squad. Oh, we didn't talk about the Will Fuller news. Very interesting, controversial sort of puts up his best game for the year and then gets done for PEDs. Funny how that works. Mm. Yeah. The only other real thing to talk about here is just that I'm uh, currently 66 points behind the DFF for that uh, best best, uh, percentage chance at the number one pick. So Danny Dimes looks like he's going to miss. We hope maybe you would like Jalen Hurst to have a good look at it uh, for Philly over Carson Wentz as well, Ben. So... I don't think I'm going to catch the DFF, but you just never know. Yep. No, it's you're definitely in with a chance at that one. And it was interesting, the whole talk all last week around how much Jalen Hurts was getting a look in at being that QB. And I even got a little update on my phone saying he's in, but he was in for one. One play. <laughs> and then Wentz was back. He completed it and then Wentz came back on. So God knows what's going on in Philly right now. It's a bit... Uh, bit all over the shop. But we'll move on to the next game, which is the Park City Lions at 6-6, six and six, taking on OJ's legal team at 6-6. Six and six. Mate, at the start of the season, when everyone was doing their predictions, uh, would you have thought a world would exist where my team would be playing Jake's team with the same record on the year? And I guess this kind of results in the loser finishes the bottom of this division. That's sort of what we're faced with. And who would have thought that Jake ever would have been in a position to potentially walk away as the fourth team in this division. But that's where we're at. Um, uh, yeah, and particularly when you look after week two, Jake's put up two 170 burgers. And now we sit here 10 weeks down the track and six and six and fighting for a playoff spot. Unbelievable. Probably, uh, yeah, if anything, it will just give some good insight into the following season that it's a long season and don't write your team off early don't trade away players like james robinson maybe after you have a narrow <laughs> loss in week four because there's a chance you yeah. could have been uh contending for the playoffs there but um yeah look there's there's actually a world where jake loses here 
finishes bottom of the division, I finish third in the division, and Jake makes the playoffs and I miss out. That's how well this is all going. So <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one to watch here. I'm just hoping for, I've got Lamar Jackson back. I've got Miles Gaskin coming back. Um, massive boost for my team. Still no news on Drew Locke, I believe. But um, no. I don't think he was officially um, ruled with COVID. So that yeah, I, sort of bodes well for him. Derek Carr surely will have a bounce back after his shocking week last week. And he's playing the Jets, so you'd want to. Um, Benny Snell gets another run. I get to run out my combo of the Snelly Chub um, <laughs> for a second straight week. So that's always yeah. exciting when you get to do that. Brandon Ayuk's yeah. back. Calvin Ridley's probably going to be playing without Julio beside him, which bodes well for him. Yeah, look, it's going to be an interesting matchup. And and it's it's a weird week in that we really aren't looking at head-to-heads anymore. We are simply just looking at output of scoring for this week. So every yeah. single point is going to count. And I tell you what, if there's ever a week where you tinker on your lineup on that Sunday night before going to bed, it's going to be this week. I I worry about how many hours of sleep people are going to miss out on just trying to perfect this lineup before they go to bed on that Sunday night. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a very interesting watch and we will round out my divisional games because we've got the Johnny Unitas haircuts at seven and five taking on the Bayside executioners at nine and three. Another one here where, as we said, Scoots locked up. He's locked up the division. He's locked up a top two finish. Pretty rare that he'll take the one seat off Timos, but it is a chance. So if he really cared, he'd be fighting for that. But to be honest, I think he's just happy with a buy. And on the other side of it, Manny is just fighting for points and he's really gunning down. He's currently got that sixth seed and he's going to just be holding on for dear life and hoping that he can just put out um, the solid scores that he's put out. I'll run you through his last month here. He's gone. I'll go backwards here. Before you do. Oh, sorry. Yep, go. I was going to say, before you do, mate, I need to go back into your game and, and Jake's game and give some playoff implications oh, here. of course. The, the, it's what the people want. So we've actually got the highest chance to make the playoffs um, and the lowest chance in terms of those who are eligible um, to get in. So we've got Jake at 78% to make the playoffs here. Um, he basically just has to beat or get within... Um, the following scores, Steve, 27, just get within 27 of what Steve score. Uh, get within 27 of what Jim scores, get within 30 of what Papa scores and get within 50 of what you score, Ben. So when you actually run through that, he should be pretty likely as long as he doesn't put up another 66 or 61 or whatever he put up. Um, he's in the driver's seat and the percentages show that. On the other side of the the, uh, the game, we've got you here, Ben. I've got you as a 9% chance to get in. That's because you are chasing many a many a team. You've got to beat Jake by fifty, Steve by twenty-three, Jim by twenty-three, and Papa by twenty. So you're gonna need a little bit to go your way. But you know, if you put up a big one forty, then it's up to them to get within your score. So um, many different combinations, but um, yeah, you'll you'll need a bit of luck to get in. So you're telling me there's a chance. Always. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take having a chance at still making playoffs with where my team was at. Uh, sorry for rushing through that. So we'll go back, right. to back to the Johnny Unitas oh. and Bay sides. Um, 
Yeah, so Manny in his last couple of weeks has gone 147 and 131. So the last time, though, when these two teams met, both had pretty low outputs in week 10. 101 to 109 went Scoot's way. So I think um, Scoot won't really care too much on what his team puts out this week, to be honest. But I think Manny will be hoping to continue with those 130, 140 points and up and hope that maybe everyone else around him just falls short. Um, it's mm. going to be a fascinating week either way to just watch how those scores play out. And I think we even go to the Wednesday night again in terms of schedule, don't we? So yeah, we do. there might be some nervous weights there. Yes, it could come down Wednesday to that. Night. Um, and you're right, with Scoot, he's locked into the two seed. Very outside chance for the one seed, but either way, he'll, he'll get a buy in, in that week one playoff spot. For Steve, I've got him at 41% to make the playoffs. Um, he's basically level with Jim in terms of what he needs, but he's just on the year. He's had a had a better average and um, he's put up better scores than Jim, so that's why his percentage is a little bit higher. Um, again, for Steve, he has that small chance also of getting the four seed. He's the only other team that can actually push up to the four seed if he beats Matt by 94, which we all agree is very unlikely, but who knows? It's, uh, it's some sort of chance. But for Steve... You basically just need to beat Jim's score this week, um, get within three of Papa, beat Jake by 27, or get within 23 of Ben. So again, three of those four combinations you need to get into the playoffs. So looking pretty favourable there for Steve to uh, make a playoff berth, which would be a great achievement, really, considering he hasn't had a running back all year. Yeah, absolutely. And he uh, he's going to absolutely be going back to the podcast where he was on at the start of the year talking about how much he really didn't understand what everyone else was doing and why they rated running back so highly because it's it's panning out for him and it's looking I mean he's done it really without his number one pick all year as well in Michael Thomas so absolutely uh that he yeah he'll be pretty happy with how his drafting strategy worked out but I just had I was having a look here Keeney in that um that Wednesday game that's been pushed back is the Baltimore-Dallas game. And just who some of the players are, we've got Lamar Jackson uh, and Amari Cooper for my team. So there'll be some ner- potential for high scores there, which could really affect this seeding, depending on where my team's at going into that game. Got uh, Ezekiel Elliott for Jake going in there. And talk about variance from a player who put up a two last week. I never would have thought a player like him could put out a score like that if it wasn't injury related. Um, and then I guess, no, that's kind of it. Dalton Schultz is probably the only other one, but I don't think yeah. Hod's in a position where he cares too much about scoring. So there's going to be some interesting, um, an interesting weight potentially for that Wednesday night game. Yeah, I like how that shapes up actually, because not only will you know, but everyone else will know what they need Lamar to score and um, to make sure they get in. So that will be a fascinating watch. We'll no doubt have live updates. <laughs> in terms of what Lamar and Cooper and, and Zeke need to score for for each team to make playoffs. Absolutely. All right, finish us off. Well, we've got the revenge game. This is the San Diego Demons who currently sit at four and eight, can't make the playoffs um, against the DFF 1 and 11 on the season. Um, whilst it is an absolute dead rubber and really won't change any, t- any type of seeding, both um, at either end of the competition, it is a massive revenge game, as we know. Camo doesn't want to lose to the DFF twice, surely. Um, so this one's more of a just an interesting watch from a from a win loss point of view. The the points don't really matter too much. We just want to see who comes out on top. 
But uh, I feel like the, the San Diego Demons, who've been scoring okay in recent weeks, will uh, will get their revenge in this one. Yeah, well, uh, there's there's a few records that people don't want to own. Going undefeated all season definitely was a record that uh, the DFF didn't want to own. But to go 0-2 against the DFF, is Kummer would be filthy. Absolutely filthy. We saw how filthy Jake got when he lost to Papa earlier this year. And this would be, I reckon, um, that multiplied by 10 at least. <laughs> He'll yeah. never live that down if he does it. So be a nervous wait for... To come over there. All right, let's uh, let's move in now to. We've spoken a lot about playoff implications and where we're at, but let's flip it round and now talk about. This is more in the DFF's wheelhouse um, at the moment. That's the percentage chance for the number one pick in the tank for Trevor. Uh, there we go. Couldn't find where it was, um, and that is DFF still sitting. Are these updated, by the way, Kenny? They are. These numbers? All right. So DFF sitting there hot off the press with a 41.4% chance of nabbing that number one pick, which means that his max scoring right now is a 1,448. So he's just narrowly ahead, as you pointed out, of the grouse there sitting at a 25% chance at 1,514. And then rounding out the top three chance is Camo at 15.2%, which I'm very happy to see because that's uh, that's just giving me a 15% chance boost there at the number one pick. Why don't you yeah. round it off, Keeney? Yeah, I will. So we've currently got, and this is our current uh, position here with teams um, as they currently stand. Obviously, a lot can change here, and, and I'll explain how that impacts um, the percentages as we go. But we've got Ben here, fourth most likely at 9.24%, but you also have to remember that he gets uh, a bit of 15% from Camo as well. So if you add that into the mix, he goes up to 24% chance to get that number one pick. So nice little position there for Ben to be in. We have a new name in this group now, and that is Papa, who currently sits as the eighth seed um, and therefore is a 5.6% chance of nabbing that number one pick. Um, and Jimmer, I can tell you what, Jimmer, he's currently the seventh seed, not far behind the sixth seed at all. But if Jimmer does miss the playoffs, he is a stone-cold lock to have the, the sixth lowest odds to get this number one pick. Because if you look at max points scored on the year this year, Jim sits at number two overall behind Timos McMahon. So Jimmer... If you set your lineup correctly each and every week, you would be in the top two seed contention in this league. Phenomenal stuff, really, for from Jimmer. Absolutely, I think he's. Uh, I think highlighting that has almost just given the certainty of the worst team manager <laughs> award for the year in in Jimmer. That's that's staggering stuff. So, nine. What was it? One thousand nine hundred and twenty is his potential yeah. max scoring there. Huge um, and. and- I think the only other reasonably important talking point here is that we did mention and go through all the playoff odds and, and the, the, the likelihood of teams getting in. Um, but there is one keen league member that will have his eye on the status of one OJ's legal team. And that is our very own DFF because he holds Jake's number one pick his first round pick so he will be desperately hoping that jake misses the playoffs 
and gives himself another little chance at some uh, some extra glory there, but also two picks inside six, which is really what he's after. So um, massive implications, not only just for Jake, but also for the DFF this week as well. So one to watch for sure. Mm, a little 3% boost there, but there's a chance he could drop to the second seed anyway. So it might, might not help him out too much there. He'll spin it however he wants to spin it, though. Um, plenty, plenty to play out there. But that uh, kind of does it for this week, doesn't it? I know it was a, a bit of a quick uh, express-style podcast, if you will, uh, to get through. But with a week in which it really comes down to score far more than uh, wins in head-to-head, that's sort of where we're at. So it's going to be one that I think people, all those 12 listeners out there, will be monitoring as the week goes on. But what we can guarantee is that after this week plays out and when we are playoff bound and we do have a clearer picture on the number one pick, I reckon we're going to have a lengthier podcast and we will even get some familiar voices back on the line there to just give us a bit of a season recap from their pre-season predictions. Um bit of insight into how things played out for them throughout the year and, and plenty of that so uh stay tuned for the following pods coming up because there'll be plenty to digest over the next few weeks okay yeah absolutely really looking forward to this week there's obviously a lot of different combinations that can happen and a lot of different teams that can make the playoffs this is this week which is what we uh which was what we wanted from the outset we wanted a really nice week 13 lineup good luck to everyone fighting for that four five and six seed um, and yeah, as you said, Ben, next week should be good. We'll get some we'll get some guests on, and we'll we'll discuss how they're feeling about the, the playoffs in year one of the EDL. What about you, Hod? What do you reckon? Oh yeah, um, interesting uh, stuff. To, no, if you didn't realise, Hod actually <laughs> he's he pissed off about halfway through the podcast. So <laughs> you were stuck listening to just these two boys the whole time. So I wonder if anyone picked up the absence of Hod halfway through. But to be honest, it, it sort of highlighted that we don't really need the bloke on the pod. What do you think, Kenny? Uh, I've just got one thing to say, and that was podcast over and definitely out. <laughs> uh, we're going to know if he listened all the way through to that sledge at the end. <laughs> we'll hear about it. <laughs> it's a good little tune. You made that yourself. Garage band made that one, right? Outstanding. Congrats. <laughs>